0: hello everyone and welcome to the nfl week one episode of the bacon bets podcast the nfl's back we are back it's been a very long year arguably the longest year of all time but the nfl season kind of feels like a light at the end of the tunnel universally loved nfl i'm excited that we're back we got thursday night tomorrow night or probably tonight if you're listening to this and then NFL Sunday this Sunday, can't wait to see that beautiful man Scott Hansen on Red Zone. I can't wait to see the Octobox. I'm ready to go. Now, First things first, I apologize for not having a Tuesday episode out this week. Um, Labor Day weekend is always kind of my long weekend, right before I kick it into high gear with the NFL season. Obviously, uh, being in the sports betting world, NFL season is our busiest time of the year. Uh, so I kind of went a little bit hard uh, over Labor Day weekend, since it was kind of my last uh, weekend of vacation until after the Super Bowl. Um, I barely left my bed on Monday. I don't know if uh, I was just too hungover or if I was just sick with something else, but I barely got I barely got out of bed, uh, so I didn't end up recording one Monday night. I apologize for that, but really there wasn't a whole lot I could have talked about anyways. Uh, with the Tour Championship not ending till Monday, uh, the Safeway Open odds weren't released yet Monday night. Uh, this weekend's UFC card absolutely stinks, so I didn't really have a whole lot to talk about anyways. But as promised, I have an NFL episode out. I'm going to give my 16 bets for NFL Week 1. And then I'm also, at the end of the show, I'm just going to quickly go through my predictions for divisional winners, conference winners, and then Super Bowl winners. So as I mentioned last week, and as I just briefly mentioned there, I'm going to bet on every single NFL game this season. What is it? 256, I think, is the number. I don't have it in front of me, but I think it's 256 regular season games in the NFL. Let's hope none get canceled. Knock on wood. So I'm going to track every single bet. I've got all, all 16 bets locked in for week one. Um, I actually watched, I mean, this is going to be a little bit of a, of a learning experience for me. Hopefully you guys can learn, learn along with me. I definitely do not think, I, I mean, I, I'm, I definitely don't think I'm going to win a lot of money. Uh, if I finish in the profit whatsoever, I'll be extremely happy. Um, if I were to make an honest prediction, I'm probably going to be down a couple units by, by the end of the season. I mean, if I'm betting all 256 games, I'm going to be forcing bets that I don't necessarily feel comfortable about. But I'm going to use this as a learning experience, and I hope you all learn along with me. We'll uh, see how we do week to week. I'll keep the record. I'll see what went well. I'll see what went bad. And hopefully it'll make us all better bettors in the long run. I also saw something on Twitter the other day. Uh, Rob Pozzola, who I've brought his name up in the past, he's a sports bettor that I respect quite a bit because he's on the end of the sports betting spectrum that is actually very smart. Uh, He does sports betting the right way. Uh, He looks at EV. He has some kind of algorithm. Um, He clearly makes money doing it, and he's clearly a lot, lot smarter than me and probably a lot smarter than anyone who listens to this podcast. But he, I watched an interview... And I wish I remembered, was it a show or another podcast he was doing? I apologize. I wish I remembered the name of it because I'd give it a shout out right now. But I just kind of uh, saw it while I was scrolling through my Twitter timeline and quickly watched it and kind of moved on. So I apologize. Go to Rob Zola's timeline, scroll down far enough. I'm sure you'll see it. But he talked about how when you're a sports bettor and you're betting on the NFL, outside of even winning or losing, what you should track to show how successful your handicapping is is the difference between the line when you bet on it and the closing line right before kickoff. So he explained if you bet on a team at like minus two and the closing line on Sunday is minus three, then you handicapped it well because technically you got a better line than what the market closed at with the, with the thinking that that was a, uh, like a 50-50 line. Uh, so since I'm making all of these bets on Wednesday night uh, this NFL season, not only am I going to track my units, but I'm also going to track as I go along, uh, if I do a good job handicapping, if I get a good line on Wednesday night compared to the closing line on Sunday or Monday. So that's going to be interesting to, to, to uh, follow as well. Like I said, go watch that clip. Rob Pizzola is an extremely smart sports better. Uh, check him out on Twitter. I think he's just at Rob Pozzola. Uh, he has more followers than, followers than me. He probably doesn't need me to plug him, but uh, yeah, there he is. That was a very uh, interesting clip I saw of him last week. Uh, So yeah, let's not waste any more time. I don't think I have anything else to get into. Nope, I don't think I do. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the journey to 256 NFL bets starts now. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. the pan can handle. Alright. So the journey to 256 NFL bets starts with, of course, the opening kickoff on Thursday night. Uh, this will be probably be, I guess, tonight, uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday. If you're listening to this after Thursday, uh, skip ahead two minutes and then I'll break down all the Sunday and Monday games, or just listen along and you'll see whether or not I hit my bet. Uh, so Texans-Chiefs, of course, Chiefs minus nine, the over-under is at 54 and a half. Uh, my first bet of the NFL season, and actually, if you watched uh, Wednesday's episode of Guys and Bets, you know what my bet on this game is already because uh, that was my one of my picks on Wednesday's show. Uh, but I'm going with the under 54 and a half. So I got under 54 and a half at minus 105. I'm gonna make sure I track the juice as well uh, for all these bets. So I got under 54 and a half. Minus 105. By the way, this week it might change, and if it does, but this week all these bets were on uh, Bovada. I might switch to Bet Online at some point, uh, but at least this week they're all at Bovada for reference. So I'm going under 54 and a half, minus 105. Uh, I don't want to get too much into it because, like I said, I already broke this down on Guys and bets, So I'm going to kind of be repetitive if you guys have already watched this, but. Preseason, with there not being any preseason games, no exhibition games this NFL season whatsoever, there's a bit of an argument going on in the sports betting world whether that's going to affect offenses more or if if that's going to affect defenses more. I personally think it's going to affect offenses a lot more. Uh, So I played football, uh, high school football, I went and played university football up here in Canada, so... I have a little bit of experience also as a running back, so I was on the offensive side of the football. I have a, a decent amount of experience playing football at, at a decently high level. I mean, Canadian college football is nothing like American college football. Uh, but regardless, I know kind of how practices go. I know kind of how games and seasons go. Um, offense is all about timing, chemistry, reading defense, defenses, knowing your playbook, things like that, especially timing. The key thing is timing. A lot of guys on the offensive side, offensive linemen, running backs, uh, sometimes receivers with the routes as well, even if they have half a step one the wrong way, that can completely throw a playoff. Uh, so without those preseason games and exhibition games, they aren't really kind of ironing out those kinks. Uh, they, I mean, they just aren't. It's just live game action when you're going up against a guy who wants to take your head off is not the same as going up against your teammates in practice. It just isn't. So I think it's going to affect offenses a lot more than defenses. Defenses, it's all just kind of about your individual role. For the most part, that's kind of a a broad brush. Uh, But defenses, you can kind of get away with not having any warm-up games or anything like that, in my opinion. So I'm going to pick a lot of unders this weekend, actually. Uh, We'll see how that strategy, uh, if it's going to bite me in the ass or not. But we'll see. So under 54.5. I talked about no preseason, that's bad news for offense, especially 54.5 is a high total. I get that it's that high because of their two games last season were high scoring, but that's a high total. Uh, also, Chiefs just basically have a pretty underrated defense, 10th fewest points against last season, 7th average uh, average opponent passer rating. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, Those these guys are all defensive studs. And then Texans offense don't like them whatsoever. Um, Deshaun Watson. He's a good quarterback. Uh, I like his mind a lot. Uh, I remember there was a few times last year when reporters are asking, asking questions, he would actually break down his th- uh, thought process and breaking down coverages and, and stuff, uh, which I thought was very interesting and stuff. Something I'd like to see more from NFL quarterbacks, but he doesn't have the offense around him. Their offensive line stinks. Uh, they gave up the third most sacks per game last season. Bill O'Brien's one of the worst coaches in, in the NFL. I can't believe he has a GM and a head coaching job. He's an absolute bum, and he's one of the worst offensive play callers as well. Uh, they got rid of DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, they got Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, but do those guys replace DeAndre Hopkins? I don't think so. Uh, so I don't think the te- Texans offense is going to be, be able to put up enough points on the Chiefs defense to help out with the point total. Uh, so I'm going under 54.5 at minus 105 for my first bet of the 2020 NFL season. Uh, by the way, some of these games I'm going to go through a little bit quicker. Some of them I'm going to kind of, I'll have more to say. Uh, it's going to be hard to handicap week one of NFL because all I have go off of is last season's results and then kind of the off-season moves that they made. And I'll try to equate what those moves will make as far as betting on them in, in week one. So some, game, some of these games I'm going to go through quickly. Some will be a little bit longer. Uh, next game, and I'm just going through the order that Bo, uh, Bovada had on their odds list uh, when I locked them in. Um, they're in order as far as like I'm going to go through two o'clock, or the 1 o'clock games first and then the late afternoon and then the Monday night games, but you might be looking at a different order depending on what book you're looking at. So my next game, I'm going with the next game is Lions versus Bears. I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going with the Lions minus 3 at minus 105. So Lions minus 3 minus 105. I just, this is kind of more of a fate of the Bears more than it's a bet on the Lions this season. I can't in good faith bet on the Bears as long as Mitch Trubisky's their quarterback. He's bad. He's just, I mean, he's he's, he's not a good quarterback. Uh, yes, the Lions are 3-12-1 last year, but don't forget they were 3-3-1 when Matt Stafford broke his damn back. Spinal. Broke my back. Spinal. Shout out to anyone who got that reference. Uh, Lions defense was pretty bad last year, but they did draft Jeff Okuda, who I think was the best defensive player in the draft also signed former Falcon Desmond Trufant. So of course, Trufant have a little bit of a soft spot for, so they did kind of improve their defense, especially in the secondary. Uh, really this game, if you're going to look at this game, it comes down to what's worse, the Bears offense or Lions defense. I think the answer is the Bears offense. Uh, Lions' defense improved. I don't think the Bears' offense improved very much. Bears obviously have uh, a good defense. Lions obviously have a good offense as long as Matt Stafford stays healthy. Um, I mean, uh, Kenny uh, Galladay, TJ Hawkinson, second-year tight end, uh, Marvin Jones. I mean, they have some weapons on the offensive side. So, uh, like I said, it comes down to the Bears' offense or the Lions' defense, and I would give the advantage to the Lions' defense as long as Mitch Uh, Trubisky is that quarterback so I'm gonna go Lions minus three versus the Bears minus 105 next game we are going to the AFC North the matchup between the best regular season team last year the Baltimore Ravens against their division rival the Cleveland Browns Uh, point spread as of Wednesday night is eight and I'm gonna take and this might be my biggest regret in week one I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Browns uh Browns plus eight Versus the Ravens, the juice is minus 115. That's what I got of that. So Browns plus 8, minus 115. This is a tough one. Uh, I really didn't want to bet on the Browns, but I ended up doing it. Just because, I mean, a big reason is the spread is just over that magic number of 7. If the spread was at 7 or below 7, I'd probably go Ravens. Um, if you guys don't know, if you're, if you're kind of new to, the, to NFL betting Magic numbers and spreads are three and seven. Of course, with if, 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 if it's a close game, if the game's tied down late, uh, it's either going to be a field goal or a touchdown that wins it. Uh, so if you get a, an underdog and a number above seven, then it's, well, basically a two-score game, unless, you know, a team uh, scores a touchdown and then goes for two. So at that eight number, I like the Browns. Also, I don't, I don't really know what to expect from the Ravens this year. Obviously, they are the best regular season team last season. Uh, Lamar Jackson was the MVP. Uh, They were absolutely electric to watch, but their offense is such a unique, never-before-seen type of offense that I just don't know if they can replicate that success this season. Is this the kind of offense that other teams with a long offseason, they're able to dissect, they're able to figure it out? Or is this really the next age, the next coming of, of NFL offenses led by a quarterback who is the most athletic quarterback since Mike Vick? I mean, he has to be maybe the most athletic quarterback of all time. So I'm not saying they will regress. I'm not saying they won't regress, but it's going to be interesting to watch. I just don't really know what to expect from them. Also, another reason why I like the Browns in this game is the rushing attack. One of all players who had who had at least 200 carries last season, Nick Chubb was second in rush yards per attempt last season with five. He averaged five yards per carry last season, which is insane in the NFL. Uh, the only player who was better than him, I'll give you two seconds to guess, Two, one, Derek Henry. I mean, you probably should have guessed that. He had 5.1 uh, rush yards per carry last season so nick chubb very good rush uh running back ravens 23rd in a p- opponent yards per rush at 4.5 so very good defense but they actually gave up a decent amount of yards per rush at 4.5 last season so i think the browns would be smart to lean on Chubb, toss cream hunt in there from time to time to change up the pace and if they really try to run the ball down the ravens throat and if they do that successfully i think they keep it within eight also Divisional game, divisional games are always played tough. Don't forget, the Browns were the only team outside the Chiefs to beat the Ravens in the regular season last year. I think it was in back-to-back weeks. I think the Ravens lost to Chiefs in week, I don't know, three-ish and then lost to Browns in week four. Maybe that's flipped. Uh, but yeah, so the only team outside the Chiefs to beat the Ravens last year was the Browns. So I'll take the Browns plus eight against the Ravens, and that's minus 115 was the juice on that one. So next we're going to, we're staying in the north, but we're going to the NFC North. Packers, Versus Vikings, Green Bay versus Minnesota. I'm going back on an under, under 45 and a half, minus 110. Uh, this is one of my favorite bets of the week. Uh, if you're gonna follow along with the Odd Shark Capper Cup, by the way, if you haven't heard it, just uh, I know go on Odd Shark and look at the Capper Cup page. Big handicapping contest with a lot of uh, yeah, sports betting internet personalities, internet handicappers we're all gonna have our five best bets each week this is gonna be one of them for me Packers versus Vikings under 45 and a half at minus 110 to me there's just too many question marks on the offensive side of the football for both teams in this game Aaron Rodgers obviously had a subpar season last year compared to you know normal Aaron Rodgers seasons obviously uh just thanks to having nobody to throw to except for Devontae Adams their number two right now is Alan Lazard who I actually, to be honest, I think he might do decent this year, or at least I hope he does because I drafted him in a couple of uh, fantasy leagues. So, uh, But, I mean, Alan Lazard as your number two is not great, so he still doesn't have a, a second guy to throw to. Obviously, there was that drama in the, during the NFL draft when, the, when they drafted Jordan Love instead of getting him some receiver help. And then Vikings on the other side lost Stephon Diggs So the Bills in the offseason. They, drafted, they did draft Justin Jefferson, but obviously receivers take a little bit of time to fill roles there in the NFL. Uh, So they really only have a number one wide receiver as well in Adam Thielen. Also, Kirk Cousins is definitely afraid to throw downfield for some reason. So, um, yeah, I don't believe in the passing game for either team. Both teams do have a solid running game and running back. So if they do rely on the run game, that should actually help us out because that'll keep the clock moving and kill time, which is good for an under. Also, these two teams met last season. Obviously, divisional opponents they met twice Both games ended at 37 and 33. So both of them well under the mark of 45 and a half in this game. So I love the under 45 and a half. That's my bet for Packers-Vikings minus 110. Now we're going to the south. We're going to the AFC. So this bet is actually going to be my best bet. So my favorite bet, I'll let you guys know right away. Because when I make like a, a handful of bets... I always get people uh, sending DMs to my Twitter asking what's my best bet. I usually hate saying my best bet because, I mean, especially during the college basketball season, I'd have five plays. I'd tell people my best bet, and my best bet would be the one that would lose and the other four would win. So uh, usually I feel the same amount of confidence in all my bets, but since I have 16, I'll let you go, guys know what my best bet is for each week. This one it's going to be Colts versus Jaguars, but really... Take that best bet with a grain of salt. Don't empty the bank account on my best bet because I said it's my best bet. It means nothing. It could be the only one I lose, which would be nice because that means I would go 15-1. and Uh, So Colts, Jaguars, under 45. Going with another under. This juice is minus 110. I promise I'm not going to pick the under in every single game, by the way, but I do have about four or five total, I think. This is the third one. I'm astounded this total is so high. Who's going to score points for the Jaguars in this game? How is the total at 45? The two running backs in their game are going to be James Robinson and Chris Thompson. They have Gardner Minshew at quarterback. DJ Chark is really their only weapon. And it's not really like the Colts' defense is bad either. They finished just around middle of the pack last season in most defensive categories. I just don't know where the Jaguars expect to get points in this game. I am very interested to see what Phil Rivers can do behind as good of an offensive line as the Colts have. That's going to be very interesting. But really, don't forget last season, Rivers, despite having a bad offensive line, he kind of lost his fastball. He, I can't see him tossing very many deep balls in this offense. I see him, you know, keeping it to short passes. I see them running the ball Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see where 45 points are going to come in this game. I kind of like the Colts to cover a little bit, but uh, I mean uh it's right it's right above that magic number 7 so that kind of scares me uh so i like the under a lot better so under 45 -110 for colts versus jaguars next we are going to the interconference matchup between the carolina panthers and the las vegas raiders by the way in these podcasts i'm definitely going to refer to the raiders as oakland raiders a handful of times don't judge me the first time here i just hit nailed it as las vegas so that's all that matters I'm going to take Panthers. I'm going to take Panthers plus three, and I'm actually getting it. I got it at even money at Bovada. So Panthers plus three at even money versus the Raiders. So I think a lot of people are kind of actually underselling the Panthers this year. I mean, are they going to be a playoff team? No. Uh, but they aren't a dumpster fire like I think a lot of people are making the moat to be. They still have the best running back in the league at uh, in Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback, who people might forget this. Teddy Bridgewater was a perfect 5-0 against the spread in his five starts for the Saints last year. So that was significant. He's better than people think. Uh, Their defense was definitely bad, but so was the Raiders' defense. Both. I mean, if there I'm not not giving the over, but if there is a a game where I could see the over hitting, it would be this one. I don't have any overs, by the way, this week. I have like four or five total bets, and they're all in the under. No overs for me this week. Uh, But this game, it's Panthers plus three. I digress. Um, also, of course, got to mention, it's a Western team coming over to uh, an Eastern team to play a 1 p.m. Eastern game. Will that have a big effect? I don't know. Some people think to th- uh, think that it does to have a West Coast team come over to the East Coast for an early afternoon game, but in reality, to be com- completely honest, that's probably baked into the lines. It's not like sports books don't realize that it's a Western team playing on the, in, the, uh, in an uh, early afternoon game on the, on the East Coast. It's not like you're pulling a pulling a fast one on the sports books by you know taking the East Coast team, so it's probably baked into the line. But whatever, still like the Panthers. Also big. I'm a big fan of Matt Rule. Is that how you pronounce the last name? The old Baylor coach is the new head coach for the Panthers. I think that was a great signing by the Panthers. Not a big fan of John Gruden on the other side. At least as a football coach, I think John Gruden's hilarious as a person, but uh, he doesn't belong in the modern age. John Gruden was like, he's like he's a '90s coach. He's 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 too old school for today's day and age. So. I think the coaching advantage goes to the Panthers as well. So I'll take Panthers plus three at even money. Now we're going to the AFC East with my least favorite team in professional sports, the New England Patriots, going up up against the Miami Dolphins. And I'm leaving my bias at the door, and I'm going to take my least favorite team in sports. I'm taking the Patriots. They are minus 6.5. That's the bet I got them at. So Patriots minus 6.5, minus 115 is the juice. Uh, re- obviously it's a rematch of last season, massive week 17 upset. Is it, Fitzmatric, Ma- is it Fitz magic going to do it again? Or this year, are we going to see a little Fitz tragic? Whoever it is, I think the Patriots win this one. The fact that it's just under that key number of seven is important for me. Uh, by the time this, uh, the game kicks off on Sunday, wouldn't be surprised if it's at seven or higher. Uh, if I got it at like seven and a half, I don't know if I take the Patriots, but this might be an advantage of me betting on it on Wednesday as I get the six and a half line. So, uh, yeah, Patriots minus six and a half. Um, I mean, no coach in the NFL holds a grudge quite like Bill Belichick. I'm sure he's just been frothing at the mouth all offseason waiting for this game after what happened in Week 17. Didn't the Patriots lose a bye week because of that too? Yeah, they lost a bye week and then they lost in the wild card to the Titans, right? Or is my memory bad? I don't know. People, I've, I've got a lot of concussions and smoked a lot of weed in my time, so that I, I could have been wrong with that. But I know the Week 17 loss did mean something to them. Uh, so Bill Belichick has to be upset about that. So he, I assume he's going to be game-planning all offseason for the Dolphins in Week 1. Um, but even with that being said, to be fair, there are a lot of questions about the Patriots this season. Number one, obviously, how is Cam Newton going to look? Is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be throw the ball? How will he fit in their system? Number two, how is their defense going to hold up uh, despite a ton of guys opting out? Um, I know there's a few. The one that's uh, off the top of my head is Patrick Chung. I know he he opted out, but I know there's a few others. Um, Also, can anyone other than Julian Edelman get open on this team? There's been some reports from training camp that just nobody's getting open. All the receivers absolutely stink except for Edelman. So three big question marks there for the Patriots. But I think Cam Newton is going to have a solid season as long as he stays healthy. I draft him in a couple fantasy leagues, so I really hope he does. I just think the Patriots are too well-coached. I think that's what it comes down to. I think they're too well-coached to lose this game in Week 1. The Dolphins have definitely improved, but I don't think they're at the Patriots level just quite yet. So give me the Patriots, minus 6.5, minus 115 against the Dolphins. We're going to stay in the AFC East for a dumpster fire of a game, or at least I think a dumpster fire of the game. Uh, Jets against the Bills. I don't have too much to say about this one at all. I'm going to take the Jets, plus 6.5, minus at minus 105. Jets, plus six and a half, minus 105. So I wish I could have got this at seven or higher. Uh, this might actually be one of the ones that might actually bite me in the ass for not uh, for betting on it now before Sunday. You might actually get a better price on the Jets uh, by Sunday, but we'll see. Taking the Jets regardless. I'm going to keep this short. Like I said, I don't really have much to say about it. In my opinion, it's 2 Decent defenses. Bills have a little bit of a better defense than the Jets, but two bad offenses. Uh, yes, Josh Allen had a decent season last year, but he made bonehead decisions at times. They had an easy schedule last year. Jets offense was terrible. I mean, Jets Jets all around were bad this year. But I don't know. It's it, it's a divisional game. Um, they are both. Uh, they went one and one against each other last season. The game that the Bills won was a one point game. I mean, I think it's just two bad offenses, two good defenses. I'll take the team that's getting six and a half points. I'm keeping it simple. So Jets plus six and a half at minus 105. We're going to move on. We're staying in the East, but we're going to the NFC East. Going with the Eagles against the uh, the football team, Washington football team. Uh, just like I'm going to call the Raiders uh, from Oakland a couple times this year, I'm sure I'm going to refer to the Washington team as the Redskins by mistake. Uh, although, I mean, that's basically a slur at this point. So I kind of feel gu- guilty even referring to them as the Redskins. So Maybe I won't, but regardless, I digress. Eagles minus six. -105 is my pick for this game. I just think this is an Eagles team that I think they can do some damages here. And I think Washington more than anything else is the Jaguars of the NFC. Who's going to score for Washington? Dwayne Haskins stinks. He sucks. I mean, I wouldn't I don't even know like they don't even really have a QB to toss back in there if Dwayne if Dwayne Haskins doesn't even get off to a good start. Who are they going to put in? Uh, Alex Smith with his you know, robot leg at this point basically. So this is another game I don't really have a whole lot to say. Washington last year scored the fewest points per game last season. They were 27th in opponent points per game. I think they're going to be last place in the NFL this season. I actually think the Jaguars are going to do better than Washington. So I think this one's a no-brainer. I also think Carson Wentz, if he can play as well as he can play, he's a top-five quarterback in the NFL. Um, Eagles obviously have a lot of questions at wide out. They didn't really get a whole ton of help in the offseason. They draft that young guy, what, Jalen Rigor? CTCU. I forget. Uh, but I think he's hurt right now. I don't even know if he's getting the week one start. So they need some help at receiver. But Washington's so bad. I can't bet on Washington, especially if the spread's under a touchdown. So Eagles minus six and minus 105 is my pick for that one. Now we are going to <sighs> Seahawks against my Atlanta Falcons. I tweeted about an hour ago before I sat down and record that, I put, uh, that I've put that i locked in my 16 bets for NFL week one. And a couple guys were like, yeah. Falcons money line, lock it in, woo! I'm sorry, friends. Also, I think I get more downloads in Atlanta than any other city, probably because I'm a Falcons fan, so I got a decent amount of Falcons fans following me. I apologize, my friends in Atlanta. I can't bet on my Falcons in this game. I, I, I thought the spread was going to be a lot bigger than what it is. Two points, I have to take the Seahawks in this game, unfortunately. So I'm going Seahawks, minus two, at minus one fifteen, it pains me to make this pick, but on the bright side, if this bet loses, at least that means the Falcons will win. So I guess it's kind of an emotional hedge. But then again, with my luck, the Seahawks will probably win by one, so I'll lose the bet, and the Falcons will lose, and then all I know is go to sleep and cry. I guess. Uh, but the, I mean, the, the reason why I like the Seahawks, Falcons' biggest question marks is or the biggest question mark this season is their secondary. Uh, they got the they got the rookie. Uh, they got a, like a couple second, third year guys starting in at corner. Uh, hopefully, Keon O'Neill ca- can keep it strong for them at safety. By the way, what's the rookie's name? AJ Terrell. I mean, I should know this. This is bad, but we're doing this in real time, folks. I'm not cutting this. Yeah, AJ Terrell. I got it right. Clemson guy. Uh, so rookie starting at corner. Their other corners are young as well. I mean, that's definitely their their biggest weak spot. Like I said, hopefully Keon O'Neill can stay healthy, give him uh, some help at safety. But we're going against a guy who is Russell Wilson, who I said on a previous podcast I think is going to give a real run at MVP this season. And Russell Wilson seems to always beat up the Dirty Birds. Uh, I, I think he's just going to torch them. I, I don't see how the Falcons are going to be able to stop Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf with Russell Wilson throwing the ball. Also, by the way, Falcons, obviously, the other biggest question mark on, on the defensive side is their pass rush. Obviously, they got Dante Fowler. That's going to help them a little bit. Uh, but Russell Wilson's going to be able to run all around the place back there. He's going to be able to buy time with his feet. So uh, a mobile quarterback doesn't bode well for us. A good armed quarterback doesn't bode well for us. Two good receivers doesn't bode well for us. I mean, the only way I see the Falcons winning this game is if it is a shootout, and then it just comes down to whatever team has the ball last, goes down, and scores. So... Uh, I'm not betting on the over. The total over-under right now is at 49. If you don't want to bet against the Falcons, I don't hate uh, the over 49. Uh, but personally for me, I think Seahawks minus two is a little bit of a, a safer play, so that's going to be my bet. So I apologize, Falcons fans. I will be betting on us throughout the season. I think the Seahawks are just a terrible matchup for us. Now, if the spread was like six or seven points, then I'd definitely go the Falcons, but minus two, got to go Seahawks. So Seahawks minus two, minus 115. Next game... I'm giving out my first underdog Moneyline pick of the NFL season. By the way, I will not be doing any favorites on the Moneyline. At least I don't think so. I don't plan on it. That's a coward move. But I will be taking a couple of Moneyline underdogs uh, throughout this season. And I've won in week one. And it's this game. Can you guess who it is? It is the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm taking them plus 150 on the Moneyline against the Chargers. Uh, The spread is 3, so if you want to be a little bit safer, you can take Bengals plus 3. I even think I saw it at even money uh, at Bovada when I bet on uh, this money line pick. Uh, But I I think the Bengals are going to win outright. So it's going to be the introduction of the Joe Burrow show. I've preached this before. I think Joe Burrow is the shit. I think he's going to be unreal. I think he's going to eventually be Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm all in on Joe Burrow. The Bengals just basically had the perfect tank last season. They were the worst team as far as the record goes, but they didn't necessarily look like the worst team last year. So I think we're going to get some value on them early in the season. Six of their 14 losses last year came from fewer than seven points. So not seven points and fewer, that's fewer than seven points. So really a late touchdown by them would have won them the game in six of their 14 losses. Joe Mixon had a bit of a breakout season, especially near the end. Their defense showed flashes of competence at least. Uh, They have the number one pick under center now. Also, don't forget A.J. Green is coming back who before his couple of years of injury issues was regarded as, uh, you know, one of the top three receivers in the league, if not the best receiver in the league. So he's making his return in the starting lineup. Things are looking up for the Bengals, and I think they may surprise some people this season. Meanwhile, the Chargers are on their way down, in my opinion. Tyrod Taylor, he's not the guy. He's just a uh, placeholder for Justin Herbert. Derwin James, their star defensive back, who's a young guy, third year in the league. I think he's done. He's on the IR They made some changes to the offensive line. Is it going to be enough? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't love them this year. Uh, I'm going to take the Bengals in an upset in this one. Plus 150 on the money line. Moving on, we're going to the West. We're going to the NFC West. 49ers, minus 7, minus 110 versus the Cardinals. That's my bet right there. So 49ers, minus 7, minus 110. If you guys have been following me on Twitter, or if you listened to the last episode of the show, you know I'm not very high on Kyler Murray. Uh, Murray. I think he's going to get exploited this year by the time the season's done. And the 49ers defense is not going to do him any favors. Second best pass defense last year next to the Patriots. Third most sacks per game. I think they're going to give Kyler Murray some trouble. Also, of course, the uh, 49ers rushing attack is unbelievable. Second most rush yards per game last season next to Baltimore. They're also extremely well coached. Big fan of Kyle Shanahan. Arizona 23rd in opponent rushing yards per game last season. I just think it's a great matchup for the, for the 49ers. Uh, I would hesitate if this number was over 7. If the 49ers were up to 7.5, I would hesitate. But getting it right on the nose, minus 7, minus 110, I will take it. Obviously, it does concern me a little bit because it's a divisional game. I think Cardinals played them tough last year. Uh, but I have to just go based off the matchup. Uh, and I have to go uh, with my take that I've been saying that Kyler Murray's going to be bad and that he sucks. So, <laughs> uh, 49ers, minus 7, minus 110 versus the Cardinals in that one. Now we're going back to the other NFC South matchup, Saints versus the Yucks. Or the Aints versus the Yucks, I guess. Uh kind of sucks that I have to pick either of these teams because I hate both of them, but I'm gonna take the Saints minus three and a half at minus one oh five versus the Bucks. So Saints minus three and a half, minus one oh five versus the Bucks. So this is along the same lines as my Kyler Murray take. I've also been saying I don't think Tom Brady and the Bucks are gonna have as good of a season as people think they will. Uh I mean, let's be honest. Week one is basically <laughs> week one's basically just turning out to me putting all my off-season hot takes to the test. So we'll see uh, we'll see how bad this is going to bite me in the ass. But uh, fading the Bucks, uh, I also like some of the moves the Saints made in the offseason. Obviously not as a Falcons fan, but as a better, I like some of their moves. Got Malcolm Jenkins at safety, one of the more underrated safeties in the league. Emmanuel Sanders at wideout, who should be able to help Drew Brees out, uh, quite a bit, should uh, relieve some pressure off Mike Thomas. Uh, the Bucks also had the third worst pass defense in the NFL last season, and they really didn't do anything to improve that. Everyone's getting excited about their offensive moves, but everyone's forgetting about their defense. Uh, Saints also handled them last season pretty well, beating them 31-24 and 34-17. So, obviously, it's going to be interesting to see what noodle arm Brady is going to do with his new weapons and his new team. But I think the Saints get it done in this one. My bet is Saints minus three and a half, minus 105. I actually think the public is on this one, so this might be another one that the line movement is going to hurt me on. Um... But yeah, I'll take saints minus three and a half. I wish I could at that magic number at three, but oh well, hopefully it won't bite me in the ass. I have another under bet coming ding 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 under alert under alert under alert by the way, the common saying of uh life's too short to bet the no wait, what is it yeah life's life's too short to bet the under. I reverse that saying life's too long to bet the over. that's my opinion. Cowboys Rams this is there's two totals that are in the 50s this week I'm taking the under in both first one was Chiefs and Texans I'm also taking the under 52 at minus 110 between the Cowboys and Rams 52 is just too many points in my opinion Dallas allowed the ninth fewest points on defense last season Rams are right in the middle at 17th so neither team is terrible on the defensive side of the football so if you're going to take the over at 52 and neither defense is bad I mean the offenses are going to have to play outstanding Now, obviously, the Cowboys actually were outstanding last year. They had the most yards per game on offense last season. Rams are pretty decent two at 7th. But can both teams contribute enough points in this game to hit the over, especially with no preseason games, to kind of fall in sync and iron out the kinks? I don't think so. Also, both teams get the majority of their yards through the air. The Cowboys had the 7th best pass defense last year, and the Rams had the 12th. So I'm going to take the under 52 at minus 110. Boop, 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 boop. Moving on to Monday Night Football. Those are all the Thursday games, the Sunday games. Moving on to Monday Night Football. First game of the night is going to be the Giants versus the Steelers. I'm going to take the Giants plus one six. Oh, no, sorry, plus six, not plus one six, not plus 16. Giants plus six at minus one ten against the Steelers. So. I'll say this right off the top, there's basically one main reason why I'm making this bet, and it's because the public is all over the Steelers, as of right now at least, as of Wednesday night. Wouldn't be surprised if this number moves up to seven more before kickoff on Monday. According to the Odd Shark consensus page, 66% of bets as of Wednesday night are on the Steelers minus six, which is the most lopsided game in week one as far as uh, public consensus, so... I love fading the public in the NFL. It gets the juices flowing for me. It gets me all rattled up. I'm obviously not going to bet on games only because uh, fading. I'm like not just going to fade the public in every single game, but 66% of bets. Also, the Steelers just seem too obvious of a bet. The Giants kind of suck. The Steelers, people expect to rebound. Uh, so I'll take the points. I'll take the plus six. I mean, there's a lot of question marks, obviously, for both teams, so I'm not going to handicap the game too much because there's just too much we don't know. How's Big Ben going to look in his return? How's Daniel Jones going to look in his second year under center? Is Saquon Barkley going to be a beast again? One thing's for certain, though, Steelers have a very good defense, arguably one of the best defenses in the league, especially their pass defense as well. Uh, So if Daniel Jones can not throw interceptions, I would very much appreciate that. Uh, yeah, so I don't really have anything else to say about this game. I'm gonna plug my nose and jump into the deep end of fading the public. I'm taking the Giants plus six and minus one ten. And then finally, the sixteenth game of NFL week one, the final game of the first week of the season, Broncos versus Titans. I am going with the Broncos plus two and a half minus one ten versus the Titans. So I'm taking both underdogs in mon- in both Monday night games. I wish I could get it at 3, this Broncos number. This is another one. I don't know how it's going to move, but I wish I could have gotten it at 3. If it gets up above 3 before kickoff, I would absolutely hammer this if I was you guys. Game plan should be pretty clear for the Broncos. Stop Derrick Henry, and you stop their offense. Uh, Denver is just around the middle of the pack and stopping the run last season, so it's not like they have the worst defense in the world. So they may be good enough with the home field advantage at Mile High Stadium to stop Derrick Henry, uh, Henry. I am actually a Drew Locke fan as well. I'm a believer of his. I think he can get it done this year. I was really impressed with how he looked at the end of last season. They have a great young receiving core in Cortland Sutton, and now Jerry Judy. They've added on in the draft. They also picked up Melvin Gordon in the offseason, which was kind of a big move. They kind of flew under the radar. Uh, So that should be a big plus for them if he stays healthy. Obviously, Von Miller going down recently this week. Uh, That sucks. That hurts them. But I think this Broncos team is generally better than people give them credit for, especially at home. I'll take the two and a half points at home for the Denver Broncos against the Tennessee Titans. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. 4% of ladies who listen to this and 96% of males who listen to this. There you have it. Those are my 16 picks for NFL Week 1. I'm just going to quickly recap them right now. I got, whoo, deep breath, Okay, Texans Chiefs under 54.5 minus 105. Lions minus three versus bears minus one oh five browns plus eight versus ravens minus one fifteen pike p- pikings packers versus Vikings under 45 and a half and minus one ten colts versus jaguars under forty-five minus one and ten that's my best bet Panthers plus three at even money versus the Raiders Patriots minus six and a half minus one fifteen versus the dolphins Jets, plus six and a half, minus 105 versus the Bills. Eagles, minus six, minus 105 versus Washington. Seahawks, minus two, minus 115 versus the Falcons. Bengals on the underdog money line, plus 150 against the Chargers. 49ers, minus seven, minus 110 against the Cardinals. Saints, minus three and a half, minus 105 against the Yucks. Cowboys Rams under 52 Giants plus six versus Steelers and then finally Broncos plus two and a half minus one ten versus the Titans I hope I hit them all Uh, I hope I didn't miss any games that'd be embarrassing um one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen yes I hit them all that was, that was just riveting podcast content there, wasn't it? Me counting from 1 to 16. Okay. Last two weeks, our gambler's prayer worked well. I'm going to say it one more time, and then I'm going to get in my divisional picks and Super Bowl picks, and then we're going to wrap this up for this episode. So please, if you haven't learned it already, learn it. Say it with me. We need gambler's luck if we're going to bet on 256 games the NFL season. <clears throat> Gambler, O oh gambler, please bless our bets this week and save us from bad beats. Allow our wins to outweigh our losses and our tilt bets be successful. May our bankrolls grow and our Twitter trolls stay silent. We ask that you giveth more than you taketh, gambler, O oh gambler. Be with us this week, in the name of the favorite, the underdog, and the over/under. <laughs> I'm happy that NFL is back. All right, let's get on my divisional picks. I'm not going to get into these whatsoever. I'm basically just going to list them because you guys have already kind of heard my takes on most teams. Uh, so I'm just going to go through the divisions, give my picks to win along with the odds. Uh, conference winners and then Super Bowl winners. So I'm going to start in the AFC. AFC East, I'm going with the Patriots. A lot of question marks, a lot of guys on the defense. Uh, that it got opted out, but I just think they're the best co- best coach team in the uh, division, and I think the other three teams are dumpster fires to be honest. Uh, Dolphins are on the, on the up and up, and I like what they've done, but I don't think they've done enough to win the division yet. Bills, I think, are going to take a big step back, and the Jets are the Jets. Adam Gase is a cokehead moron. Uh, then we're going to go to the a- <laughs> allegedly uh, going to the AFC North. Uh a lot of these are kind of chalky to be honest. I'm going to go with the Ravens though. I think the Steelers could give them a run, but I think the Ravens are just too uh just too good. So Ravens minus 185 to win the AFC North, AFC South and going with the Colts plus 120. Uh Titans I think are too one-dimensional di- one with uh Derrick Henry. Uh Jaguars obviously stink. They're going to have the second overall overall pick this season. And, um, the Texans, I mean, they just, Deshaun Watson just doesn't have the support around him. And Bill O'Brien's a moron. Him and Adam Gase can get fired into the sun for all I care. Not literally, of course, as a football coach, they can get fired in the sun. AFC West, I mean, Chiefs minus 450. If you're not going to take the Chiefs in that division, who are you going to take? The Raiders? I could see the Broncos getting a wild card spot, actually. Uh, but I mean, no one's, unless there's, unless Patrick Mahomes gets a season long, uh, season ending injury early in the year, the Chiefs are going to win that division. Moving to the NFC, NFC East, it's going to be a two-team race in the NFC East, Cowboys-Eagles. I'm going to take the Chalky pick. I'm going to take the Cowboys, minus 130. Uh, I'm interested in what Mike McCarthy does with that team. Uh, but Dak Prescott, um, I mean, they had the most yards per game last season. As long as they stay out of making stupid mistakes in key times, they should win that division pretty easily, in my opinion. NFC North. I'm going with a couple underdogs here coming up. NFC North. Wild division this year. A lot, a lot, a lot of question marks. I might get ripped apart for this pick, but I'm going to take, to win the NFC North, the Detroit Lions. Plus 425. Packers don't have enough weapons. you got an aging Aaron Rodgers. Vikings, I don't believe in Kirk Cousins. Um, Also, uh, from some of the statistics I was looking at, Vikings just generally got a lot of luck last year. Take that for what it's worth, but they kind of lucked out in a lot of games. Um... Lions, man, if Matt Stafford can stay healthy, their offense has a lot of weapons. They have a defensive coach. They've improved their secondary a little bit. Uh, If Matt Patricia can kind of get his shit together on defense, I think the Lions could steal that division. So, and I like the value, plus 425. So my pick to win the NFC North is Detroit Lions. Shout out Detroit. Wouldn't that be fun for you guys to get a division title? NFC South, I'm taking my Falcons, and fuck you or anyone who chirps me for it. Saints are the favorite. I think Bucks are like plus one twenty five. I think the Bucks are a brutal bet to be honest. I I, I don't think they're going to be. I think they got a lot, too many question marks on defense. Falcons? Do I think if like if all if all of the, the odds were just even money across the board would I take the Falcons? No, but plus seven hundred with the amount of offensive weapons they have, I'm very concerned about their secondary. But the amount of offensive weapons they have, maybe Drew Brees takes a big step back enough. I don't know. They could do it. I'll take I'll take seven to one on the Falcons to win NFC South, NFC West. Going with the Seahawks, I think Russell Wilson is going to drag that team into a division title this year. Uh, 49ers, uh, their pass game is going to have some question marks this year. I don't know how much they can rely on their run game. Jimmy Garoppolo, we'll see if he takes a step forward this year. But I'm going to take Seahawks, plus 185. So Patriots, Ravens, Colts, Chiefs, Cowboys, Lions, Falcons, Seahawks. AFC Championship, going with the chalky pick. I'm going with the Chiefs, plus 275. Uh, I mean, I think the AFC is pretty clearly... It's a, I think it's a two-team conference, Chiefs and Ravens, as of right now. Maybe toss the Steelers into that, depending on how Big Ben looks. Uh, but barring a bad injury against Mahomes, it's going to be tough to beat, uh, beat Beat the Chiefs. So I'll take Chiefs to win the AFC, plus 275. NFC champion Seahawks, plus 750. Man, I'm really... Uh really talking up the Seahawks this uh, podcast day, picking them against my Falcons, picking them to win the division. I think they're going to win the NFC as well. I have a little bit of concerns about their offensive line and their defensive line. Um, but I, I like the rest of their defense. I like the receivers. I'm a big fan of Lockett. Uh, Chris Carson, hopefully will get a, a little bit, uh, a little bit of the run game going for them. So I think, I, I just think Russell Wilson's going to, I don't know why. I don't know why I have this feeling. I think he's going to, he's going to have an MVP caliber season. So, And the NFC is just generally wide open. There's no real, you know, head and tails above everyone, or head and shoulders above everyone else in the NFC kind of team. There's no Chiefs of the NFC, if you will. So pretty wide open. I like the Seahawks plus 750. So I have in the Super Bowl, Chiefs versus the Seahawks. I know this is going to be chalky, but I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs to go back to back. I just don't I don't know. They're too good of a team. Patrick Mahomes is insane. Patrick Mahomes said he just like learned how to read defenses like last year or right at the end of the year before. Um, I don't know. If they stay as healthy as they can, I don't see why they can't win it twice in a row. So my Super Bowl pick. I know it's chalky. I'm betting on the favorite. I hate myself for doing it. Um, I mean there's other dark horses I like as dark horses as far as value goes, but if you're I mean you put a gun to my head and ask me to pick a Super Bowl champion, I'll take the Chiefs plus six hundred. I'm sorry. I think Seahawks are like plus eighteen hundred. So if you want to go with my NFC pick, then take the Seahawks eighteen to one. Take my Falcons at like thirty five to one or forty to one, whatever they are. I'm gonna bet on the Falcons and win the Super Bowl. I have to because then if they do, it'll be double celebration. You have to bet on your favorite team to win the Super Bowl every year, no matter who you cheer for. But my official pick, Chiefs. There you have it. That's what I got for you. The week one NFL week one episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. I hope my bets do all right. It's gonna get embarrassing if like week four I'm already down ten units. So. Let's just stay somewhat close to fucking even. Let's stay, let's keep our heads above water. Let's learn each week. Let's have a fun year. Let's learn from each other. Um, Before I let you go, if you ever have any questions you want me to answer on the podcast, I got a couple this week. Uh, I apologize for not having time to answer them, but you can email me at baconbetspodcast at gmail.com baconbetspodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you want to donate to the show, you can on my website or just click the link right in my bio to go to my website, click the donate button. It's a button with a little heart uh, over a coin in the top right, I believe, um, or a link to donate. Uh, You can donate through PayPal. It should be a link in the description of each episode as well. That's all I got for everyone. Gamble or bless The journey to 256 NFL bets starts now. Best of luck with your NFL bets, no matter what you do. If you do daily fantasy, if you do normal fantasy, if you do Survivor, if you just bet on the games, best of luck, whatever you do. I love you all. I will come out with a Tuesday morning episode next week, especially because the U.S. Open in golf is next week, so I will be breaking down that. So I will talk to you all next Tuesday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.